far. Our high drinks, like our high drinks, were pretty solid. Like that was the thing. Is just like the high drinks. I unfortunately, with the last episode with Richard, I had to cut up, a, cut out a lot about man bat, Ew. which I didn't want to do. But I was just like, nobody wants to cut out man bat. I'm I think so everyone tired. wants to cut out Man Bat. Okay, that's unfair. Okay, <laughs> we came here as a safe space. How dare you? Are we talking about Man Bat, the Man Bat from Batman? Yes! Yeah. Oh, guys, chill. Batman's greatest villain? Oh, wait, greatest villain? Yeah, Man Bat. Why? Mm. Kirk Langstrom. <clears throat> wait, why greatest villain? Because he's Batman's opposite. It bat, just, it's, man, man, bat. It's so obvious. Villain and, villain and hero shouldn't always begin in Yang. I disagree. <laughs> and I have pages of notes you to have, tell you why. Yeah, that's a tiny notebook. Like, how many pages are is that in it's real life? Front to back. How many pages is that in real life? Like two. Oh. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I got four pages of notes and twelve point. All right. All right. Well. Fight me. You're walking on treaded ground. Okay. I'm coursing a new path. Nobody before has talked about this stuff. <clears throat> All right, maybe I'm pulling a little bit out of my ass, but you know. Are we start? Are we starting? Uh, I mean, I've started recording. Okay. Uh, hey, everybody! Welcome to Hold No Heroes. This week, I have with me Stevie Foxette and Jake Kilroy, uh, my two good friends from our Vine days, uh, how we met on the internet, and now we make podcasts together. This is honestly probably the life cycle of internet friendships. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think so. First, you meet on a um, six-second looping video app and, and, you and, start then you, and then you start tentatively following each other on twitter and then one of you rage quits twitter because it causes too much anxiety which one of us was that that was, that was me oh, okay i thought it was jake <laughs> at first i'm like quite it's not rage quitting it's like slowly sleepily quitting and then coming back more mad than ever well you, you you've also just taken <laughs> just rumple stilt skinned it <laughs> you, yeah. you've also undertaken the task of becoming a better person so God, getting off twitter is um Probably the most obvious uh, manner of doing that, and that is why I've just sunken deeper and deeper into that crevasse. <laughs> the thing is, like, it, it it was a great source for news, but I realized that I was just constantly reading this. Like, different people all hate the same thing in like a different assortment of words, mm-hmm. and then I disappeared, and I felt like it was healthier, and I came back, and I was like, oh, I missed being this bad, and I was like, I shouldn't miss being this mad. This is this is bad. This is real bad. <laughs> it's true. Um, the the thing is with people on. Our side or the other side is that um, we almost get enjoyment out of the places where we get mad. That is, um, it, it's a little bit of a... God, that's so bad. A rage boner. It's so unhealthy. I mean, look at our uh, grandparents and parents who just watch Fox News all day. It's just making them matter and matter and matter, but... Um, I have to say, I was very proud of my parents and grandparents because I went over during the fires mm-hmm. because the power went out at my mom and my grandparents' house. And they're just like, good. The news wasn't doing anything good anyways. They weren't reporting on anything. Like, this is just what news is becoming. I'm like, I have woke parents and grandparents. I'm so happy right now. There you go. 1% awesome. of, of us with woke elders. Um, You're that Stevie's part of the 1%. <laughs> burn her! That's how the fires get started. And on that note... I'm a witch. I don't burn. I should introduce our topic. pretty good, though. <laughs> <laughs> to roast your friends and Bat. record it. Bat. And on that note, I should probably introduce our topic. Today, uh, well, I, I should introduce how we came to this topic, which is that at one point, uh, Stevie came to me after you guys recorded your uh, one of um, your Buzzed Biology episodes. Correct. And you said, hey, Jake and I were talking about how uh, the older we get, the more we relate to the villains in our fiction. Mm-hmm. Um 
Would that be an interesting topic? And I uh, cackled maniacally. <laughs> Something like that. So good. And um, so uh, we're here to talk about the villains that uh, touch us in places that uh, heroes should. They're one of the villains on my list. I'd like him to touch me in places. Oh my god. <laughs> We got here faster than Is that, that a Kennedy? <laughs> <laughs> of course. In, is that a Bane reference? It is. I'm <laughs> going to make several of them. Uh, so in awesome. lieu, uh, so, so in the spirit of this uh, topic, I'm uh, I brought my I'm wearing my Killmonger versus everybody uh, t-shirt. Being uh, a villain that could touch me, Killmonger's on the list too. He's hot as hell. <laughs> yeah. And I will continue the rest of the podcast talking like this. <laughs> So, Jake, tell me, what kind of villain do you find most intriguing? B- Bane? <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> Thank you. I will stop doing that. Was Bane actually on your list? No. Oh. That, that guy was fucking crazy in the wrong. Was he not? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we have a lot of villains we want to get to. I um, had just a little spiel I wanted to uh, go on about villains in general, Mm -hmm. but basically in my own research, I believe the best way to categorize villains is by what it is that motivates them. And so I have seven, eight categories roughly of what motivates villains. You have your principal villains, which because today we're going to be talking about ones that uh, we agree with the older we got, and the ones where it's just like, oh, maybe they had a point. We're probably going to be delving a little bit more into that category than the other ones. But you guys uh, might surprise me. Um, we also have your average resource hunters, uh, your bank robbers, your arm truck uh, movers, kind of guys that just need to make money or um, just need um, something, and they're going to go after it. Okay. Um, um, those that are mentally ill, uh, your Batman villains, uh, in a lot of the, that kind of realm that just like people who by, uh, nature of their mental well-being, are not necessarily 100% accountable for um, their actions. Okay. Uh, that is why, generally speaking, Batman villains end up in Arkham Asylum and not a straight up prison. Arkham Asylum is supposed to be an institution that helps them. Or at least separates them from people that they could do harm to. But, as we all know, it is basically a cardboard prison and they break out regularly. Um, but again, it's not a prison. It's supposed to be a hospital. Yeah. Um, That's a good point. Yeah. Gotham has a pretty good system in that regard. I mean... I it's, On paper. It's hard to say what they're... Uh, you know, it, you get into some fun territory where you talk about the legal meaning of insanity um there's been a whole bunch of research and a whole bunch of people smarter than i have talked about do batman villains fit the qualifications for legally insane uh for the purposes of not going to prison um and a lot of them have said even joker doesn't qualify he um he knows the difference between right and wrong yes i actually have an interesting point that i would love to to go into it at another point is looking at the Arkham Asylum system mm-hmm. in the context of America's system with mental institutions yeah. and how they dissolve. I think that's actually, I never even thought of that until this point. Yeah. Where I'm like, we had a lot of people that were in state run, government run mental institutions that maybe shouldn't have been in there, but now those have been completely dissolved. Yeah. And now we have a whole another set of issues on our hand, which is really interesting. Well, the fun thing about the Batman mythos has always been. 
it's almost a, a straw man of uh, conservatives' vision of what the prison industrial complex is now. We're just like, oh, you know, these prisoners get three square meals and get treated with everything, and uh, they get uh, live in luxury and comfort, and they basically get let out. No justice gets. And, you know, it's, it, it, it is basically a straw man for what a conservative thinks prison is like. Mm. Is that like, oh, the criminals get all the mm-hmm. rights and the victims just have to suffer without getting any kind of justice for their, um, the wrongs enacted upon them. Um, but that, you know, Batman was created in the 30s. Arkham has been right. around almost as long. And so um, there's definitely, I would be intrigued to research just how... Arkham has necessarily changed within the mythos. Yeah, like when... Okay, that's a good point. Because there's always been... um, Part of the Batman conversation has always been um, people within the Batman universe who complain about the fact that Batman villains get sent to Arkham or something like that. And they're just Uh like, no, they're criminals. They know what they're doing is wrong. And it's always kind of portrayed as these like hippie scientists trying to like solve everything with a smile and a sticker and uh, no real justice. And it's kind of why Batman is... I mean, a lot of people try to make the argument that superheroes in general are a fascist undertaking. The idea of the individual imposing their will through strength or through resources on the masses. I fundamentally disagree, and that's an episode for another time. But... um, you know, it, it, I, I do not believe the impulse to help those who found themselves in harsher circumstances than our own. Mm-hmm. This is why we, the older we got, the more we have struggled, the more we right. have endured. We relate more to the people who grew up in similar circumstances. The more we want to impose our own will yeah. on the world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now that we have, we're in our 30s, we have a stronger more crystallized idea of what is right and what is wrong and maybe a maybe not more crystallized but more experienced view yeah i think i don't think crystallized is fair or maybe even perhaps jaded yeah i think jaded is actually a really good way of putting that i mean my understanding of justice as a child was uh, fundamentally different than what it is now yes um, and that is also partially de- de- developmental yeah. because kids have a very much more black and white view than adults I also think the villains have progressed because then it's like it makes it way too easy to just be like that guy's a bad person. He, He's a like, Nazi. Yeah. yeah. Or also like, I mean, yeah, our Nazi villains have basically uh, gone down a little bit since the forties. Yeah. I mean, there's basically two that kind of just stick around, and um, just basically one that kind of anyone uses in stories anymore. And it, Red Skull just yeah, he just gets used. He's a Nazi through and through, just a bigoted piece of shit. But, um, which, <laughs> what I was going to say is, like, there's, like, a lot more, of like, again, Thanos and the Avengers of, like, okay, a lot of people are, like, understanding of where he's coming from, at least, like, from a argumentative perspective. But, like, there's so many villains, I feel like, when I watch stuff as a kid, where they'd be, like, like, why are you doing this? And just, like, because, like, I want to be a god. I want to be, like, the most powerful person. And it's, like, yeah. de- default, just, like, that guy's an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, now it's just sort of, like, because I want a better life for my people. And it's, like. Yeah, but you murdered like all these other people, and it's like, uh, okay. But I don't know. I feel like not only do I understand nuance a lot more, I feel like there's maybe more of an effort to create nuance villains. Is yeah. that a thing? I'm not sure because uh, we're we're basically 
like I said, um, the conversation starts uh, has started about the older we've gotten. We've now reached a point in our life where we are looking back at the heroes we grew up with, at the villains we grew up with, and we're saying, well, wait a minute. And it's essentially the conversation right now is about us catching up to these characters that have been in existence for 80 some odd years in some cases. And um, let me uh, finish uh, my um, motivations for villains. So uh, principled resource hunters and you're mentally ill. Um, Then you have your burn the forest down. Um, The kind that just want destruction for destruction's sake. Probably your least interesting type of villain. I mean, some that can be absolutely fun, but honestly, I'm not sure I can think of any. Um, no, I think even the ones that come to mind for me uh, fit into the category more of mentally ill than necessarily burn the mm. forest down. Who's the first one that came to mind? Carnage. Oh, fuck. Carnage fucks me up, dude. Yeah. He's Carnage so is a blood-soaked psychopath. It's uh, Venom with uh, just... Uh, absolute um psycho psychopathy just uh just a you know uh natural born killer i think he was created around the time natural born killers came Mm. out so really uh i I think he's basically um yeah so the character of cletus cassidy that became carnage was um just a blood-soaked psychopath he was meant to just be like no reason no argument just he wants to kill that's it. But... His artwork's so sick, though. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Carnage always looks rad. Yeah. Yeah? He's a fucking terrifying monster. I agree with everything you're saying, but God, every time he's, he pops in, he's just like, oh, yeah. God, this artwork's great. Yeah, it's part of... I, I think it's the, the fun you can have with the oozing symbiote kind of stuff, but the fact it's that so he's red, red and white, the fact that you basically evoke, like, blood and metal and oh. just, like, uh, just... Carnage. Literally, carnage. What? I was going to say, the only reference I have to most super, like, deep cut, like, superhero, supervillain stuff is Venture Brothers. Oh, yeah. And just, like, I just scra- extrapolate. Sometimes you guys say something, I'm like, is this what this... Um, remember there was the... Remember we talked about Mr. Monday? Yes. La- la- last time we talked about... A shout out Calendar to Man. Calendar Man. So, in man. the same episode was White Noise, and basically he was White Noise, but he was, like, a white supremacist. Oh, that- Similar to Carnage or no? No. Okay. Although Cletus Cassidy is a um, a good old boy. Okay. He is a. I mean, um, with the name Cletus, uh, how can you not be? Yes, absolutely. He he is a hick, but okay. Uh, uh, a mer- he's basically like yeah. If Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, got a uh, alien symbiote. Ooh, I'm into that idea. Yeah. So it's a lot of blades, a lot of like cutting people up, a lot of not wait, God damn it, eating people and stuff like that. Like in a villain way. Of course. Like in a cool aesthetic so, kind of way. Okay, I'm back on. <laughs> but fuck that guy. Yes. Uh, so burn the forest down, even though I don't think Carnage necessarily counts. But it's a it's a category. I believe it's, like I said, your least interesting type of villain. I think any of the ones that will come to our mind probably fit into the other categories. Because, again, least right. interesting. Um, your imps. Your uh, fantastical... <laughs> The kind that have um, your Mr. Middleplick, your Batmites, your Impossible Man. I fucking love Batmites. Um, people that enter into the hero story just to fuck around. They're just having fun. Um, but they just have phenomenal cosmic power and it's about just messing around with Superman or Batman. Or I like Fantastic that. Four. Absolutely. That they're, causes me so much joy. They're a lot of fun. The, the, the fun thing is when you break these things down into these categories, you basically realize there are two ways to... Um, 
break down a villain. Basically, mm-hmm. their motive, which I'm breaking down now, and then their ability to achieve their motive. Mm, okay. So, the thing is, um, your principled characters, generally speaking, cannot be that powerful, or else they're unstoppable. Right. Generally, the very, very powerful villains are the ones that are mentally ill. Or that have erratic control over their powers or their ability to actually get anything done. Exactly. They can't cooperate. They can't make coalitions. Yes. Uh, so like your uh, Gravitons from Marvel Comics. Guy has fundamental control over gravity itself, making him uh, dense as possible and basically invulnerable to harm. Can basically just point at you and have you float off the planet in, in, in just into the abyss. Um, well, that's very scary. The Yeah. Or crush you Outright. He basically fought a... That is also scary. He fought a Iron Man stand-in at one point and crushed him to a single point of uh, in his own suit into basically the size of your fist. Yikes. Just... Um, oh, and the, the only reason he does those things is because he's mentally imbalanced. He um, uh, can be uh, a little bit deranged. He imagines things that aren't there. He goes off... The, mm off the leash a little bit and so he's never really a, a, a danger but because of his illness he becomes a danger same with molecule man or other cosmically powerful beings okay uh legion as well oh um, sure, right. right yeah um so your um yeah your imps those that seek personal power and, and those that are being forced or tricked into doing uh ill or evil uh, your rogue when she right. first started out. Um, usually, it's um, rogue was forced into doing evil. Uh, rogue took on the Avengers all by herself. What? I don't know. I know that. Uh, she was raised by Mystique in the comics, and mm. so she um, was sent after the Avengers and basically took them on um, all by herself. That sounds like something Rogue could actually kind of manage. Yeah, the you know the thing is that. Uh, Rogue, if she were let off the leash. When you would, have touchy death powers. Yeah, not it's only do you really take, easy. Yeah, not only do you take their powers, but you weaken them in the same process. Yeah, uh, it's a that process that rad. works. It's a process <clears throat> that works on Hulk, Thor, and Captain America alike. Yeah, that's so. true. That's she could. Man, she is crazy. Which and also, even though while it wouldn't work on Iron Man, she's already now got the power of Hulk, Thor, and Captain America, and has already fucked him up. Yeah. So. Also, by the way, that power actually has its roots in like ancient witchcraft. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because women were able to absorb the powers of, uh, like, which women were able to absorb the powers of men. It was actually via sexual ritual, but I could see how it could be easily translated into touch. Yeah. 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 That's actually a really old school, like, mythic thing. Yeah. They left that out of the crucible. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the crucible, crucible didn't have real witches in it. That's right. That's the whole point of the crucible. Yes, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, I, like, yeah. I was sold, it was sold to me. It's like there's witches in it. I'm like, sweet. And right, I'm like, oh no, these are just sexually repressed people. Mm-hmm. Fuck, this is boring. Uh, Puritans. Uh, there's been... A's and shit. Oh no, that's Scarlet But still, it's like yeah. same idea. God, yeah, I hated that book. Not a fan. Um, but those are the categories that I have um, for mm-hmm. villains. Uh, there are other ones that I, uh, I'm not really necessarily going to entertain. Uh, your animals, your xenomorphs, mm. your... Um, um, Which just do bloody... violence for violence sake because they're animals. They it, don't yeah, have the any blob. concept. Yeah, it's, yeah. The villains we tend to talk about and write about at length are the ones that have some staying power. Either because of our ability to relate to them as now 
fully formed adults, mm-hmm. or because they, in one part or another, succeeded in their goals. Mm. You know, uh, I'm wearing a Killmonger shirt, and um, in some small way, Killmonger didn't succeed in his overall goal, but he did affect Wakandan policy overall. Mm-hmm. He made T'Challa rethink Wakanda's isolationism. Mm-hmm. In a way that all the really nice speeches from his girlfriend, um, Nakia, couldn't. Right. He made him come face to face with the failures of Wakandan policy. So right now, I'd like to transition into asking you guys to tell me, we'll go back and forth, uh, about some villains that appeal to you. So that the, basically the uh, launching point for this podcast. I want to go ahead and get out of the way first and say, okay. let's... Clear the, uh, get the elephant out of the room. Let's talk about the obvious case. That menace Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider-Man thinks he's such a hero, but yet he's going around <laughs> swinging from skyscraper to skyscraper, thinking that he's the hero. <laughs> Meanwhile, the rest of us New Yorkers are sitting by watching him in his spandex. I will, I will say, J. Jonas Jameson also never gave his sources away. He, he was very He was a true newspaper man. Yes. True journalist. Um, I I know I said earlier I have two. I yes. actually have three. Oh. Yeah, I realized okay. another one that I forgot I forgot about that is very how important many, to me to mention. How, how many, many do you have, Jake? Have? I have uh, three categories. Okay. And there's one category that has two, uh, but yeah, they're very together. Okay. Okay. Do you, I don't have a you lot like to go on. first, Stevie? Uh, sure. I'll uh-huh. go first with my first one. Um, so I kind of picked these in a very specific order uh, because of very different factors. Um, my first favorite villain, and Richard and I have talked about this before, but I'll make sure to retread the boards on it because I don't know if it's out for public. Mm. I'm actually pretty sure it's not out for public. Um, but one of my favorite villains, and I do have a caveat on this because there's so many iterations of this villain, is the Joker. Of course. Um, and the specific iterations of the Joker that I enjoy are the Jokers that embrace the full-on chaotic destruction, anarchist, devolvement of okay. human behavior and government. So a burn the forest down type. A bit, yes. Yes. And um, I think part of my appeal, th- I'm going to attack these very personally okay. and f- why I personally find them very appealing. Because right. I, it, in general, I love the villains. Mm-hmm. I always, like, they have way better style. <laughs> I am a villain person. I am a villain say. person is what I'm saying here. Um, but for villain me... Villain Americans, thank you very thank much. Thank you very much. Um, That's good. But for me, that whole, uh, like, chaotic, like, fuck the government, at heart, in my deepest beliefs that I realize are not actually very applicable at all, I'm kind of an anarchist. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm like, I think most government things are bullshit. Um, I would just prefer if we kind of, like, not that I'm saying, like, I don't think anarchy necessarily means everyone out for themselves killing everybody else. Because as we've seen in human beings, human beings are very empathetic. And even though there are a lot of bad apples in the bunch, I think a lot of people are actually very cooperative. I, too, find the purge preposterous. <laughs> um, yeah, anarchists are less about the purge and more about the destruction of hierarchies. Yes. Okay. Um, so, for me, that's what's so appealing about specifically the Heath Ledger Joker from The Dark Knight. Okay. Um, because he his whole thing was just like, this is an extremely corrupt government of Gotham. Um, not only was he doing it because I'm sure he had a great fucking time doing it, which I don't blame him. That sounds super fun. Mm-hmm. But also just like, I feel like a lot of his motivation was just like, I'm going to try and topple some of these perceptions mm-hmm. of what is right and wrong by 
it establishing these really fucked up thought experiments. Interesting. But then, but then you see that whole like <coughs> boat experiment that he did, yeah. um, and it didn't go right, and then he was gonna blow up every, everything anyways. And I'm like, that's also kind of entertaining. Well, I um, think the boat, the boat example is, is the one that it's has, to my point yeah. where it's just like people aren't all bad. Yeah. Like so, for me, I'm like, oh, cool. Like, if you let them, people can surprise you. Exactly. Um, I also enjoy the Joker in an iteration that he comes in where his whole purpose when he interacts with Batman is to make Batman so either angry, upset, or insane that Batman forgets his main principle of not killing anyone. Mm-hmm. I love it when the Joker's main motivation is like, let me see how far I can push Batman. And if I get killed by Batman, that is the greatest honor I can receive. There's something I like ab- that a lot. There's something about challenging that such that absolute rule of Batman which to be honest I think in a lot, some circumstances not in all circumstances I actually respect that about Batman where he's just like I'm not gonna kill yeah um, but the fact that that's such an absolute thing when he encounters so many people and I think kind of deserve to be dead that the mm-hmm. Joker's like nah fuck you man kill me well especially because the longer that he holds that principle like there's a, definitely a percentage of Gotham that just like gets madder and madder at uh, Batman because it's just like the Joker is now on his, like, 48th rampage yeah. just fucking Kill get in the him. chair. And if we can't get that through the legal system because, I don't know, influence, throw him off a fucking building. You're always jumping from buildings. Fucking buck him. Well, like, I, I think Gotham gets to a point, uh, to that point, I think Gotham gets to a point where they're just like, we will all collectively look away if you just yeah. throw him off a bridge. I was, I was thinking about this, too, because I the argument about Batman killing the Joker has been posited a number of times. And the thing is that, you know, uh, as Heath Ledger Joker said, uh, immovable object and an unstoppable force. It's a force, yeah. Um, and, also, that's just so compelling of a villainy, like, yes. hero relationship. Like, how can you get away from that? It's one of the best aspects of uh, their relationship. Um, and How can uh, you have the Batman the, without the Joker in the long term? The thing that I've always had issue with is that, you know, at, at the people of Gotham and even the audience of these comics, movies, cartoons... Um, it's funny that we put the blame on Batman for Joker constantly getting out. Mm-hmm. We're just like, hey, you, we've already put on you this responsibility to save us every time this maniac gets out right. and gets a hot air balloon filled with cyanide. Who fucking cares? <laughs> yeah, he's uh, it's Lego Bat, it's Lego Joker, just like just <laughs> losing his mind and just cackling the whole way. Um, but I, I think it's interesting that. Uh, we don't. The responsibility is never on Arkham or the police or the government or the judiciary to hold him because Batman, as it is, is undertaking a responsibility that nobody has asked him to and nobody has ever expected to. So the fact that that after that they're just like, all right, we know we asked you to stop the Joker five hundred times, yeah, but. We really wish you would kill him, too. It's like, guys, I just need you to hold him for, like, 15 minutes, please. Just. I also think it, it should fall on them, too. I totally agree. It's yeah. Like it should. I just always found that fascinating that, you know, because... Um, and that's where the argument about superheroes being fascistic yeah. about the lone individual mm-hmm. fixing the world by themselves uh, kind of comes in. It's just like, yeah, we, uh, we're we reading from Batman's point of view. We, by reading him at some level, agree... With his, maybe not his motives, but at least his endeavor, his principles. Right. Um, And uh, like you said, it's like, you know, you you respect Batman for not breaking that uh, Mm -hmm. principle of his. But still, I just like him being like, you could just kill me. Yeah. You could just murder me right here, right now. I'm in. I do like the dynamic. 
it's it's hardly compelling. It is one of the more you know DC gets a lot of flack for being um, I don't know uh, I don't want to say static or stale or anything like that, but uh, consistent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, their their stories are about revealing the human condition in let's say some stark absolutes. Yeah. Um, whereas Marvel characters are poor everyman who get uh, a break or something like that, mm-hmm. and then they realize that break wasn't as big a break as they thought. Oh, spider powers don't make me rich and famous, or right. make me get the girl. Damn. Uh, whereas like Batman, Superman, the, these like demigods, uh, you know, <clears throat> the same reason they told myths was um, about speaking on the human condition. Wait, that actually makes it interesting of what you're talking about, like, why Spider-Man is compelling, because he's just, like, for all those reasons, but then he, like, gets teamed up and, like, looked after by Tony Stark in the movies, who is, like, everything the opposite of that, where he is, like, a rich, genius demigod. Tony Stark is, like, the rich, genius demigod we wish we all had, I think. Mm -hmm. What's the main difference between Tony Stark and Batman? Um, Batman is, um... A straight edge. Batman is He's a fucking nerd. <laughs> Batman's fucking superpower square. is competency. Okay. He is capable of anything. Tony Stark is fundamentally capable of a few things. Very often, anything else up in the air. Which is why he creates the suit because he doesn't. He's not about to train. Yeah. In some fucking shallow. He's not temple. gonna. Yeah. He's not gonna go out <laughs> there. He, he could he learn the magic that Doctor Strange does. Possibly. Could he gamma radiate himself safely to a point of reaching Hulk-like strength? Possibly. But his... Is he just going to use R&D to make a suit to just make him do all that stuff? Yeah. Yeah. This is where just mad here. He, he, you know, the the lesson of any, or at least the origin of any superhero, uh, or even villain, is about recognizing their strength in a way that we all wish that we could to a point of superhuman competency. Of elevating yourself and being so unique for finding the thing that you can do that nobody else can to the same degree. That's beautiful. I mean... Say that louder so the microphone can hear you. That's beautiful. I (laughs) dropped the mic, but they look expensive. Uh, They're not. (laughs) You got that on air. But... um, yeah, that, that's uh, Spider-Man is not the strongest. He's not the fastest. Uh, there are plenty of people who stick the walls, but um, his his thing is uh, spider webs aren't even um, organic. He they're man-made. He made them. Uh, it's about him. That that is the appeal of Spider-Man is a young man, a young person, uh-huh. finding something that they're good at and excelling at it to a degree that we all wish that we could. I also love the debate about uh, how he made them, and then it was like in the in the movies he uh, it's natural. It's like his body yeah. just changed. Well, in the Raimi movies, it's natural. Yeah, is it? Oh, right, it is homemade. Yeah, the, Garfield. Uh, Garfield, and also wait, no. in the Tom Holland. Tom Holland. Yeah, okay. I never saw the Garfield ones. Yeah, they're also like he makes them. Yeah, okay. It's made. Can I say real quick my favorite tweet uh, about Spider Man is. <laughs> If I haven't seen the first two Spider-Men 2, will I understand the <laughs> third <laughs> That's a good one. God damn, I wish I could remember who said that, but that correct. Yeah, I can't believe how many times that's been rebooted. Um, <laughs> also, when you're talking about like Batman being able to be capable of anything, I forgot that Bruce Wayne traveled through time after being sent back to the cave yeah. people yep. days. And yeah. then just like 
forced his way back through different iterations of his family legacy. Yep. Yeah. A pirate, a pilgrim. Again, I cannot stress <laughs> a this cowboy. Enough. A cowboy. A uh, caveman. A caveman. Caveman who dressed in the hide of a giant cave bat. Because those existed. In uh, wait, I thought we covered times. this. I thought Man we bat. covered this on our episode. I don't think they did. Man bat exists. I told you. I He's real. I, I really like the man bat villain in the animated series. Well, now I'm sad oh. I cut all the man bat changes out of our bat episode. Ugh, you need a producer. <laughs> wow. No, the thing is oh. like, I, no, that's the thing is like, I I understand why you cut that. That's not like a very like that's that's a very much of this table argument. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not. It doesn't have widespread appeal. It's just like, I mean, I, he's, I I I would like to hear that. If you could do like a like a. DLC of sorts where I can fucking. I'm, I'm gonna have a junk I'm, drawer. I'm actually gonna start having having bloopers and there's a couple of tangents we went on where I'm like that's going in the blooper drawer. Yep. Well, that's good. Jake, what is one of your villains? Okay, so one of my villains is the same reason, and I won't lean too hard on the second villain because they're in the same category. Again, I came up with categories, but the one is uh, dealing with an issue is like overpopulation. Okay. Thanos, obviously, like it was indifferent. That was like impersonal to him. It was just like. <clears throat> like just half the world has to go to, to like to have resources and it's just like it sucks it's bad but as I get older and more aware of overpopulation just like eating like I remember learning about koalas when I was like in Australia and I was like 19 and they talked about how koalas basically just like eat the forest until they starve themselves and I was 19 who was very mean at the time and I just thought what a bunch of fucking idiots <laughs> I will, I'm as a, like, 33-year-old biologist, I will agree with 19-year-old Jake. What a bunch of fucking idiots. Right, but then the thing is, like, then it's just like, ugh, can you believe this? What a bunch of fucking dum-dums. And then it's just like, you know, you can make the argument that human beings are basically doing that to planet Earth, and it's just like, oh, Oh, we are doing that to planet Earth. So getting rid of, like, half it. And so Thanos' villain quality was, like, it was, uh, you know, you lose half the population, people are going to be mad at you. So the way that that was... To me, most uh, most properly treated. I don't know if you've read critically acclaimed author Dan Brown's <laughs> bestseller, oh, Inferno. <laughs> Dude, so the thing is, like, uh, those books are a delight, but he is not a good writer. I've heard. But uh, in Inferno, spoiler alert, the villain whose name I had to look up. Bertrand Zobrist. Of course. I cannot stress this enough. <laughs> Not a great writer. <laughs> uh, he got that off of like a fucking Wu-Tang generator. <laughs> but like... Um, this close to childish candy. <laughs> exactly. So, but basically uh, what he does is he sets off this thing and like Robert Langdon is like trying to solve that thing. And he's... There's this virus that's going to be released and he like the whole time Robert Langdon is like basically like trying to solve all these fucking riddles. Actually, to be honest, they're basically just books about, like, Riddlers in Tweed. Yeah. So he finally gets to solve this whole thing, and this whole time there's a video of this virus that's going to be dropped at a certain time, and the virus will be released into the waters, and it'll, like, take over the world, whatever. And then he gets to the end, and he thinks he's stopped it, and it turns out he hasn't, as I recall. I think, I think he fails, and what the virus actually does, he's like, oh, my God, people will be poisoned, and then he finds out that it actually just makes... Like a certain percentage of men sterile, oh. so that's his way of just sort of like oh. tracking down like population in the future where he doesn't kill anyone. He's just like, 
I'm just gonna prevent. I thought you were gonna say he pulled an Ozymandias and like the virus had already been released. He unleashed giant squids to all the most populated cities. I would like to also say Ozymandias is also my list. Oh, oh shit! Okay, then I won't. I won't regret over there. Okay, I had to bring was, him up. I had to bring was, him up. He was gonna be on my honorable mentions list. I I, I have a few things to, to <laughs> take with this. Ozymandias, we'll we'll, we'll deal with in a second. Too. I'm glad you brought up Thanos because you had alluded that you would in talking about this episode. We yeah. both mentioned Thanos, and yeah. I don't think Thanos is actually on either of our lists. No. and it, well, well, Overpopulation think... was basically people who, villains who deal with overpopulation was basically on both your lists, as you would like alluded yeah. to. It's a serious problem, Richard. I disagree. Oh, really? The thing is, it's not population, it's about resource allotment. Okay. We have, the thing is, when you get into conversations about population, you start talking about as with Western culture, specifically in America, when we start talking about climate change, we get into um, arguments about the inhabitability of our Earth, and then you get some people who start saying, yeah, women in South Saharan Africa really need to stop having babies. And I'm just like, okay. So... Oh, whoa. There, it, he thinks we're racist. I didn't want to say it outright. <laughs> uh, no. The thing is, I believe... I, I, fundamentally don't necessarily believe in um, slippery slopes. But when you start getting into population control arguments, I believe it's missing the trees for the forest. Do you want to... Uh, I do have a... I wanted to see where you're going with this, but I did have a point to come back to. Okay. Um, one of the countries that tried to c- control their population size is China. Mm-hmm. Did, didn't really work. Yeah. Also, is the w- worst country? Yeah. For our planet? Yeah. And is also supposedly not capitalist? Like, like... Yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know. It's just, like, it's it's a, it's a really hard thing to kind of tease out. Um, and it's it's also not fair to say, that country's at fault. Yes. That's why that's why Bertrand Zobris made sense to me, because it's like, <laughs> I'm just like, whoever drinks water and ends up sterile in the world, right on. And yeah. Thanos was indifferent, where it was like, this country, but also this country was like, look, But also, what about in vitro fertilization? Like, what happens then? Because... That's also possible, but if you take yeah. away the natural death things, like how many people will just like accept yeah, it? How many people expensive. actually go to the thing? Which the, actually, that's a good point because then if if then it's just gonna like, be rich people ah, paying shit, for nature fertilization. That's villain. the thing. Thanos, the supposedly the appeal of Thanos's argument is it's completely random: the rich and the poor, the educated and the uneducated alike. No one would kill Tom Holland on purpose. On purpose, but flip of a coin. Right. Oh, that's why. So good, Mister Stark. Oh my god, can you imagine killing that guy on purpose? I watched it in a movie. Yeah. But um, the thing is with trying to solve overpopulation is um, kicking the can, in my opinion. Well, what's the solution then? Um, the solution is if we're talking about what we're doing to the earth, there are a lot of things we need to do. Kill uh, everyone! Don't just have the population! I mean, ultimately, if that... That if, makes sense to me. If we want to get to a sustainable Earth... Right. Uh, a sustainable lifestyle, a sustainable society, mm. regardless of country borders and everything like that, it isn't about population control. It's about managing the resources and doing the things we know we need to do. The problem is capitalism, uh, financial incentive, uh, uh, landed gentry, all of this bullshit about... Uh, basically, our government being run by fossil fuel industries, pharma, all this fucked up shit. Um, that I Thanos snapping right. half of them away still leaves half of them in charge. But resource management, that's why I don't think that works as well. Because it uh, it's almost like 
teaching abstinence only like sex programs instead of giving kids comics was like the idea of like trying to get all the governments of the world to uh, like actually manage resources properly in like a coherent cohesive system I feel like is way harder than Bertrand Zobris's plan (laughs) to just like have people drink the water and just like just by default those like people in the future are not going to exist because it's like I feel like getting those governments to actually like function like that would be rad. I mean, it, it, uh, he I, can't do that, but he can make him like keep uh, keep the population down. The difficulty of the task is not necessarily what I'm talking about. It is the morality of it. Okay, that is what I'm having. Is the most is the easier thing to uh, slip contraceptives into the drinking supply of South America. Well, but then right. the problem is that you poison frogs and stuff because animals are really prone to fertility things. Mm-hmm. That I also do not. I, once again, I cannot stress enough. I don't think Dan Brandon thought about this, but <laughs> I certainly didn't. Um, but the thing is, uh, I think if it's just like, well, here's what the actual moral thing would be, then they wouldn't be villains. So it's like if it's mm. like a it's like a sneaky way to come up with like a solution, but yeah. it's still like not okay what they did. The final solution. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm Thank always you. here for some Nazi jokes. <laughs> so that thing is like, if it was just like. This villain got all of like, like somehow figure out a way to like manage all the resources properly through like acceptable channels. Mm-hmm. Then it's like that's just like a hero. So like if somebody comes Agreed. up with like a solution that is like something where people are like that's fucked up, but you know what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what makes him the villain. Is like he has a villain with a point rather than like a hero with just like a good management style. I yeah. just don't know if the point is overpopulation. The point is um, that we are living unsustainably. We're living unsustainably, but what is the best is living sustainably even possible and then what is the best way to go about it yeah i the thing is like i think it's possible but it has to be like a utopia and it's like i don't know where to start with that so the thing <laughs> is like what i'm wondering is what is i can't uh, tie my shoes <laughs> so the thing is like that's what i'm wondering is that like um what is the best plan that is also like somewhat to fit Sorry. What is the best plan that is still somewhat nefarious? Understandable. Yeah. Ooh. It is. Um, Ooh, that's my life goal. What is the best plan yet still nefarious? <laughs> it is the lesser of two evils. Mm. Supposedly. But in that one, because what you're talking about, I feel like isn't evil. Uh, n- no. Yeah. The, but is the there Thanos, a non? Is there a non-evil solution to it? Even the I feel Thanos, like there's a non-evil solution to everything. The Thanos argument oh, is right. that if things were left as they are, everybody dies. And I'm so he's like, I will kill half the population so that the half that lives will thrive. Right. Of course, what I said earlier, it's about kicking the can. Yeah, but given an infinite amount of time, we will just get back up to the numbers can't, we did. Can't right. we just snap, like, better resource? I always, use? I thought that my first thought was like... That's the thing. Thanos is supposed think? to be one of the most... Co- the thing is, with population control and with the power to achieve it, what Thanos suffered from was not a lack of will, but a lack of imagination. Ooh, that was a good line. That's a good line. Thanos, that's a good line. <laughs> um, he had unlimited cosmic power, but he couldn't do anything else. Yes, I thought Thanos might come up, and I wanted to. I mean, the thing is, yeah. I think we're going to have a whole episode about that, which is why I was going to lean hard on Bertrand Zobris. <laughs> no, I, I, was, I don't know if I'm Bertrand Zobris. <laughs> Bertrand Zobris. Let me tell you about Bertrand Zobris. Bertrand Zobris. Dude, I remember reading that and be like, oh, well, well, not too bad at all. Also, he kills himself uh, before 
he kills he kills himself in the same video that he uh, announces the virus, so that they can't even get him to stop it. Ooh. All they have to do is solve the riddles. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucked up. That's some rookie. It's, it's some real rookie shit. I think Ben Foster played in the movie. I never saw it. <laughs> was there a movie in it? Oh yeah. Oh. Hmm. It was um, met with less fanfare than the original. Uh, it's uploading. Okay. They're all so fun, but they're just think... it's like reading an action movie. All right. So we just finished uh, your spiel about how uh, you're a eugenicist and you believe <laughs> that the impure races should be exterminated from the face of the earth so that the supreme race can uh, live in peace. I never said any of that. You guys gotta believe me. I, you I'm, guys, I would never. You were here the whole time. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. Like, that's what I got out of the whole thing. Okay. You know Jake. what, dude? Now I want a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> to set the record straight. I never realized that you could just do that to people. And that's really fun. Dude, I do that all the time to other people. And it's like, someone comes like, what are you talking about? It's like, oh, yeah, no, anyway, that was fucking crazy racist. All right, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> Editing is fun. Anyways. Bat. Okay. Bat. Villain. Villains. Um, so, this portion of the conversation actually leads really well into my second villain. Eugenics. Uh, eugenics, kind of. Anyways. Your villain, your second villain. My second villain is actually appropriate for the whole uh, killing of humans thing, because my second villain, which I actually just like came up with as we were talking about this, is actually Poison Ivy. Okay. She's on my list, too. Environmentalism uh, is a category uh, of mine. Okay, I was going to say, oh, really? Is she? I thought you were going to say she was on your like list. Wink, wink, wink. I was going to make that joke, but I'm glad <laughs> you did, because it's uh, classy. I don't see why it's mutually exclusive. One red she hair. She's bi. Okay, I thought she was. I thought she was like ace, except for Harley. That's how I thought that she swung. Recently in comics, she has underwent a process that has rendered her less human than oh. previously. Yeah, she gets gnarly, Ooh. gnarly plenty. But before that, she was um, kind of swung where she wanted. Okay. I yeah. also, I also want to make clear. I think she's wildly out of my league. Like, <laughs> like I don't think I have a shot with her. But I'm just saying, like, eco terrorists I mean, are a league unto their own. God, They're just weirdly so hot, hot all the time. Oh, yeah. Oh man. Um, Anyways, anyway, sorry. Poison ivy. Yeah. Poison ivy. So part of the whole overpopulation thing. Yeah. Uh, sustainability, all that stuff. I really appreciate poison ivy's whole like motivation of fuck humans. Yeah. They're bad for the earth. I'm not necessarily a plant person. I feel if I was a version of poison ivy, I would just have some sort of experiment go wrong where I grew a bunch of feathers and just like maybe pecked people to death instead of poisoning them. Although poisoning okay. people is really cool. Okay. Huh. That's an uh, admission that uh, will we'll not enter a There's just a something court. about that blunt force strong with the bill going into their face that's really appealing. <clears throat> um, but also, this is also... I'm going to wait for you guys to I'm come sorry, back I in did. because I have a serious point to actually make. By all means. Go on, bird girl. Are you bird done? Bird lady. Oh, thank you. Bird woman. Bird woman. Bird woman, perhaps. Bird person. Bird person. Ah, you get sued for that one. <laughs> well, you guys heard about the story where I saved a bird from work today. That's true. We did. did save a bird. I, I did save a bird from work. Um, but as someone that is a biologist whose uh, sexuality, and this sounds very arrogant, but uh, my looks and quote-unquote unintentional just sexiness just because of how I look, regardless of, don't fucking start making that face, Jake. Um, For the record, I am making a face. He, he is making a face. But no, it actually has been a serious issue. It was a serious issue when I was still in academia. They were like, you need to like dress 
down more. Like you just look, you, you just look too attractive all the time. And I'm like, I'm sorry that I have boobs. I'm sorry that I have boobs. I'm sorry that I am thin. Like, I don't know what to tell you guys. It wasn't like I was going to teach wearing like a low cut thing. Like I was wearing a blouse. Not that there's and, anything wrong with that. I mean, that's why <coughs> I got kicked out of academia, but, um, different times, different times. Um, but as someone who's, uh, career in biology was affected by her sexuality. Mm-hmm. The fact that she's able to use her sexuality yeah. to advance her uh, uh, motivations, even though it's for bad. The fact that she's able to use that to kind of get to her goals mm-hmm. of conservation to me is like uh, deeply appealing. Yeah. Actually, um, as someone the, that's been the appeal of the femme fatale in general. But yes, never mind how she goes about it, but also what she's going about. Kind of, yeah. It, it, like, one, the femme fatale in general, like, I've always, like, liked a femme fatale it because... Really so dope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, Sorry. I'm just getting really mad at you. Um, but at, as some... I haven't, like, yeah, I want to be in shape and I want to be thin, but that's mm-hmm. just for health reasons. Mm-hmm. The fact that when I am in shape and thin makes me, quote unquote, sexy, even if I don't necessarily want to be... Mm-hmm. Is been a thing that is very frustrating in my life, and that, like I said, it sounds very arrogant. And like, oh, oh my god, poor me, you, but you, I'm shaped like this. You have had to deal with aspects of our society and culture that Jake and I have not had to. That's Especially true. as someone that like grew up with, like incredibly nerdy, and I came into this oh, as absolutely. an adult. I'm like, I really don't know how to get navigate this at all. As somebody who was brought, like, this even just seems arrogant to enter into the conversation. But as somebody who's just brought female friends to comic book stores, and then they got. Just isolated completely out. Like, my girlfriend right now will not go near a comic book mm-hmm. store because she has had too many bad experiences. That sucks. And uh, uh, the, it, the story goes on ad infinitum for a number of other women. Well, I still get called a fake nerd all the time because they're just like, oh, you, like... <laughs> Yeah, and I'm and I'm not the like the deepest lore nerd. It's about but the thing about being a nerd. God is just damn, who fucking cares? Liking yeah. what you like. That's it. That's all it fucking right. is. Is that there's a few things that you like, and you can share that with other people. And gatekeeping nonsense can go fuck itself. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, as someone that's had her sexuality been a hindrance in her adult life, the fact that poison ivy is able to use it to advance her Absolutely. her things, even though it's necess- not necessarily for the best way, is also really appealing to me. Um, to a certain extent, Holly Quinn as well, but Poison Ivy in particular, because she is a biologist, she is a conservationist, she does not like the human impact on the world. She comes at it from a motivation of plants. That's a good point. And she a, is... identifying heavily with plants. Yeah. But I can still understand the, she, like... She is a scientist. I mm-hmm. forgot about that. Yeah. She's uh, a doctorate. Yeah. It, yeah, she's... Dr. Pamela Isley. Yeah. What is she... Is she have a certain focus? Um, um botany I... with... Uh, in the movie, it was specifically, um... Venom, and that's how they right. kind of crisscrossed her with Bane. But in, uh, I don't remember if she had a specific focus in the comics. I don't either. I, I'm under the impression that it was, uh, I thought it was um, parasitic and uh, carnivorous plants, as I thought her especially was in the comics. But I'm pulling that out of thin air. I might actually, I don't actually know that for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm not certain myself. I have no idea. That but was she also might, point. honestly, uh, depending on the, uh, uh, certain comic book era that you're in she might have also just been a con- like yeah. a like conservationist like that might have been her specialty is like conserving endangered plants well the fun thing is that um in that regard uh 
she shares a similar origin to Catwoman. Before mm-hmm. Catwoman has became inextricably like uh, linked with Batman as a romantic interest, she was a thief, and but her motivation was um, not necessarily selfish, but it was to steal to fund conservation efforts for big cats. Hmm. I didn't know that about Catwoman. In the animated, uh, in in Batman the animated series, that's what her motivation was. That's I think her introduction is that Batman. Um, I think decides to let her be because uh, she's funding efforts to stop and she's stealing from uh, poachers. Mm. I believe was the the cause. He, Real Robin Hood vibe there. Yeah, yeah. You know that that's um, kind of why like the fun of Batman are his villains are because uh, on the one side of things they examine aspects of our psyche as a collective species that may be uncomfortable or might be interesting, but also about uh, the things you do for the things you care about and where that line is and why uh, it separates Batman from the others. And is there a line between him, Catwoman, Poison Ivy, mm-hmm. people who do illegal things for co- their concepts of justice? Okay. Uh, Batman protects humans. Catwoman protects cats. Poison Ivy protects the environment. Plants. Yeah. It's, you know... Um, you know, and the reason why they come to blows is because Batman, as an industrialist, um, comes into conflict with Poison Ivy's goal. You remember Pamela Isley in the in the movie, the Joel Schumacher uh, movie Batman and Robin, approaches Bruce Wayne first as a civilian and says, "Here's my right. research. Here's what we need to do in order to protect the planet." And Bruce Wayne basically does a cursory glance at her research and says, no, this will uh, make people go hungry and cold. Um, uh, We will lack for fuel and everything like that. Even in the space age world where basically Batman can pull a laser out of his ass, he can't, he doesn't even try to think of a way in which to accomplish her goals while saving the planet. I forgot about that too. He's a villain in that regard. Yeah. Wait a minute. Also, she. How long is that report? It was like a folder. It was a folder. And he just like looks at it on the spot, just like f- goes through it, and then gives it back to her. Yeah, she's totally right. Again, that's why I'm glad she's on my list. Yeah. At that point, at that point when they met, like, she basically killed her lead researcher, who was insane and created Bane, and like right. two eight po- airport guards uh, in order to fly from South a- uh, America to the uh, to Gotham. Up until that point. Not spotless, absolutely. She killed a few people. Yeah, um, definitely murders. <laughs> yeah, those are definitely murders. Um, also, the airport guards. Yeah. Yeah. I think a little bit the wrong there. Yes, Sorry. absolutely. Um, are the TSA agents or? No, I think it was supposed to be like um, policemen guarding an right. airstrip in whatever South American yeah. country that they were oh, shit, in. She's a cop killer. Yeah. Whoa. A cab. Um. But um, moving on, Poison Ivy. I like that. And, yeah. Um, I'm actually impressed that she's on your list dude, too, Jake. So the, reason, the reason is... I, yeah, I want to hear Jake's reason. Again, because I think as I've gotten older, the main theme I've become aware of like, uh, is just, holy crap, humans are insane uh, to We're the short-sighted. planet. We're short-sighted. And so like, someone wanted to do something about that, even through nefarious actions, is just like, okay, I, I understand where you're coming from. And, like, uh, I'm glad that you segued to that because that's a good segue into, like, 
man, fuck humans. And so uh, I say that as a human. Yeah. But uh, the thing is, like, I love how, like, the other ones are trying to do, like, this uh, grander scale because with the other ones, like... The Thanos, other villains? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, the other overpopulation was, like, Thanos is looking out for all of those life. All of the, the entire universe. The entire universe. Bertrand Zobrist <laughs> is looking out for... Hu- yeah, looking for, well, th- he's looking out for humanity survival. He's like, look, there's too many people. We're gonna ravage the earth. We're never gonna survive. Mm-hmm. So he's still looking out for humans. That's why I like Poison Ivy though, because she's wanting the same thing, and it's for the planet specifically, not because of the humans. It's yeah. like, right. It's not like it's like to her, it's like overpopulation because it's pretty easy to get to her max on humans. Yeah. And I also like, I think it's demonstrated a lot in the animated series, is how personal she gets about like individual plants oh yeah like someone flicks a cigarette butt at like a daisy and she's just like what the fuck did you do that for you piece of shit and he's just like what it's just a fucking daisy she's like oh just a daisy and then they're like all of a sudden like this bulldog fucking plant comes down and like eats that guy and so it's just like i love like how much and then she's just like she just like she cared about every living thing she's She's so extra. extra In a level that I wish I could maintain in my regular life. <laughs> right? That's the thing. It's like every single... To her, it's like every single uh, plant counts. I don't know how she feels about like animals in general. I don't remember if that, how it's covered or if she just like obviously appreciates them as well, but it's not as much as like Mother Gaia. It's like the whole... It's like this yeah. was here first. This is like... Yeah. And we've like intruded. We're like interlopers. Uh, um, like So for whatever henchman flicks a cigarette at Daisy is like that dude came eons after all these plants like mm-hmm. developed so mm-hmm. to her it's just like paying respect to like whose place this is like whose turf it is and so I've always loved that like individual it's, it always reminds me of uh, a little bit of the villain from Men in Black yeah oh, that guy yeah. smashes a cockroach and, and he's, he's like, like it's, yeah it's not like related to that fucking guy at all it's just sort of like he empathizes so hard with a cockroach who kind of looks like his people that he's just like you know, I wouldn't do that if I were you. And then he smashes that cargo and then he fucking goes ballistic. That's why I love like Poison Ivy. They're like from different planets. They're not even even closely related. It's like right. convergent evolution. He's like, yep. you smash someone that looked like me? Right. Yeah, that's why I... Ugh, yeah. Flip table, like, smash. And the fact that she identifies with a lot of plants, like, you know, she's been, like, mistreated, like, her whole life. And people, like, I don't know if, like, she's, like, had been around, like, well, I think people who, like, part... flip cigarettes to her. It's just, like, yeah. yeah. She I identifies think... with the, the people begin fucked over and she's like not gonna take that I think part of the lore is that she can communicate with plants and that's why Mm -hmm. they listen to her and everything like that so she hears literally their pain so that was the thing is like I thought about when I put that in and I couldn't tell if I was interjecting that in a Dr. Doolittle fashion or like or is is it like different versions where sometimes she's just like really empathetic or she's always has like powers over plants the thing is when you do something like that in fiction either you are creating a universe in which these things are sentient or you are um, suggesting that they have um, liminal impulse that could arguably be pain, ouch, fear, something like that, yeah. that she feels on an emotional level or something like that. Aquaman, it has been clarified that he does not talk to Fitch so much as control them. He has the ability to exert his will on them because they are not sentient. Oh. Dolphins being different, he's oh. made a point saying, it's like, well, dolphins are different. But um, I, I believe they kind of enter into the same category. Which but, makes yeah, which makes her even more understand. No, actually, because it, it always made sense. Like, Because there were definitely times like I'd read a Batman thing where she was in it and it'd be yeah more like 
she her skin would be green and she'd be wearing sort of like that ivy like uh, uh yeah, one, like, piece, yeah. one piece oh my god i really do love poison ivy yeah uh the other two that i was gonna say again i think they're in the wrong but i think as i got older i was like Okay, I get. I I understand where they're coming from more. Yes. Not that I think it was like you know what, no, a good idea. But it was like uh, <laughs> it just sort of like when I first uh, like saw it and read it, I thought, fucking villain, man. And then as I got older, it's like, fucking villain, but also like, well, I kind of get it. Um, one is Ozymandias. Ozo- right. Ozymandias. Because uh, the thing is like, I I obviously disagree with like. Kidnapping psychics and artists and fucking torture them to create some monster that like destroys and kills. Obviously, that Millions. is to me that is bad. In under the narrative of it, everything shaping towards nuclear war and that being what unites uh, the Soviet Union and the United States. I will say, I understood it more, even though I hate admitting that I went from like in that scenario because what I'm basically admitting is going more from the Rorschach side like listen <laughs> individual justice has to matter or like nothing, everything falls apart to more of the fucking pussy ass night owl who's just sort of like he's right we can't tell anyone but I understood the greater good more so as I got older but when I at first I the was like Rorschach the great good. good but when I was younger and I read Watchmen and I was like Rorschach was like yeah Rorschach's right like that guy he fucking killed you can't just let him get away with that and then it was like as I got older it was like there, the, under- the, the conversation does change in Okay, they did everything they could to stop him. Now that the damage is done, right? Do you live with uh, what was it? So uh, Socrates is um, the, the the great lie, the the lie that serves a better purpose. Right. Right. Also, what a power move on power move on Ozymandias' part for being like I'm monologuing after I've committed the crime. No. So fucking. Do you cool? think I'm a comic book villain? I activated the bomb thirty minutes ago. I know, and so that's like, oh. that was another thing I also very much respected about him. And then like him like. Breaking in, and I again, I don't think you should break into your friend's apartment, especially when they're as sad sack of shit as the comedian, and murder him, but... I knew there was a butt coming, but I'm surprised there's a butt there. <laughs> you shouldn't go break into your friend's apartment, especially when they're a sad sack, especially <laughs> to murder them, but... Richard says. I almost kind of respect the boldness. <laughs> Jesus. You brought me on this podcast to talk about what I respect about villains, and also the the comedian was like a piece of shit, like a rapist. Oh yeah, he was a rapist piece of shit who was yeah. also well, you know what? He was he a was, monster. He was a monster. So that thing he was is a like, monster created by the American government in every way that the uh, Doctor Manhattan was, and unleashed in the same manner that Doctor Manhattan was. Except one saw what he was doing as almost like obvious good, and one was like relishing and just fucking thrash murder. I, from my point of view and so that's my thing is like I don't think killing people is right I don't think killing people is right <laughs> but uh, <laughs> like I'm I glad you guys aren't muttering in the corner like you do on my podcasts give it time oh, definitely do that. <laughs> I said <laughs> but yeah sorry fuck that but uh, so I understood it more it, that's all I'm saying is like I understood him more um, and for the greater good and the other one I wanted to say was, I also thought this guy was uh, an obvious villain. But even though I knew what he was doing, I was still just like, ah, oh, dude, he's like gone. He's been out of his fucking mind. And I also don't want to say this because I think he is a hero to a lot of dudes that I think are kind of like a waste of time. <laughs> but I would say Tyler Durden. Ah. As I've gotten older for a ball, like getting rid of all the fucking debt. 
That's a fucking campaign promise now, and Tyler Durden was calling that shit back in the 90s is a good idea. <laughs> so the thing is, like, I think he had a lot of fucking things wrong turn, with him. Turn that cosmetic surgery fat into soap, yeah. motherfuckers. Also, once I started making soap, making soap is delightful. That guy <laughs> fucking got it. I think we all took different <laughs> lessons from Fight Club, but Dude, um, yeah, I'm, I'm like, glad that the ones you took are uh, cancel debt and make soap. Yeah, basically. Mine was like, destroy something beautiful. Yeah. That's what I got out of and it. And sleep more. Mine was <laughs> attend sleep group therapy. Sleep more. Yeah. What? What? <laughs> so anyway, Tyler, I think there's a lot of things wrong with it. I think a lot of people got a lot of dudes who uh, missed the point. Missed the point. Yeah. And they're just like... It is cool to be an aggro white guy by, who plays by his own rules with a bunch of other dudes playing by their own, like, other aggro white guys playing by their own rules. I was like, oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, I know. Like, I've done a few pull-ups this year, but I don't fit the profile of joining Project Mayhem. I don't know. You, 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 you get some Tyler Durden vibes. Damn it. I hope that just means, like, a nice You're a very good-looking man. Thanks. <laughs> the point of Tyler Durden was about recognizing the things that you have held up for so long that actually hold no sway in your life. Yeah. The accumulation of material goods, of societal norms, of, um, you know, the white picket fence and all these, like, things you were told to care about because of right. commercialism, materialism, capitalism. And he, his promise was that of untangling that to a degree that some might find objectionable but you know as far as um blowing up empty credit card company buildings uh i'm on board right and that dude see the thing is like everything you said is like in theory what he was talking about was a good it's just like i've heard that thing again so many times by people i don't respect yeah it's like that's why it's like it's almost hard for me to listen but like everything you're saying is like dude that's a good that's a good case to be made. Like, you don't think, you don't actually want this. You only think you want this because of, like, advertising. All this shit is like, that's a good message to keep in mind. But it's like, again. Tyler Durden is literally the voice in your head saying, why do you care about this shit? Right. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a good takeaway. It's just like, how many times I heard it from, like, dudes, like, freshman year of college being like, yeah, it's just like the government, man. It's like, why vote for anything? It doesn't matter. Like, nothing matters. And it's just like, you got the wrong takeaway from that, dude. Yeah. Or, yeah. or the um, the idea that uh, masculinity is anything to be upheld or yes. to lean into. They're just like, that is the opposite message of Fight Club. Fight Club is about, it, it is about untangling the anchors that we have found ourselves moored to. And one of them is the toxic masculinity that says, I need to fight a stranger in order to feel strong so and powerful and worthwhile. Right. That's why I play hockey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There is something. <laughs> There's definitely something to be said about aggression and exercising it and right. using yes, it. Yes, and in- using it in a, a effective manner because it is like this is the thing that Beck and I talk about very often. Like, yeah. it's important to find a way that to use it it's effectively. About it is about expression. And, and vulnerability. Expression yes. is ultimately about vulnerability. And that is why I have a podcast now. <laughs> um, and that is the absolute fucking bingo point that everybody fucking misses. That the freshman year douchebags miss about Dude. Fight Club. That's freshman just, year douchebags is exactly yeah. it. What drove me crazy too is because like of how obvious a lot of things to me. It was I, Watching that, I was I thought people were messing with me. Because like, I remember watching that when I was younger. And it just be like, something would be happening. I was like... <laughs> That's so goddamn ridiculous. Where it's just like, I want to stand out here for like three days and I will not leave this porch and people can fucking yell at me and they can spit on me. It doesn't matter. I'm fucking in this to win this. And I'm just like, well, obviously this is like showing 
how fucking stupid blind loyalty is, and they're just like, pick a fight to prove who you are. And it's like, yeah. obviously, only lunatics like do that. Like, that's just like some imbalance. And then it's like other like people I talked to later were just like, did you see how like it was totally like bros before hoes? And then I was like, what are you fucking talking? Are we just oh watching the same God. movie? What yeah. And so, anyway, so that's what I was saying is like that's why I have a hard time putting his because he had uh, good ideas on paper, and then it got like mutated by people regurgitating it. Yeah. I was like, I have, that leaves a weird taste in my mouth. But again, honestly, as someone who has acquired debt, I think we should get rid of it. Who was uh, Stevie? Who was your third? So um, my third villain, and this was a weird one, but I felt like I really needed to bring it up because he has been my favorite villain since I was three years old. Mm-hmm. And that is Darth Vader. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, so when um, my motivation for really loving Darth Vader when I was three is I saw him in a movie, and by that point, I was already going to preschool and being pretty heavily bullied. And I'm like, oh my god, he can choke people with his mind. <laughs> and he has a really cool cape. That's true. And so for that's how it started. And You don't need much more than that. You really don't. Like, the seeds of villainy <laughs> like are there. Um, I like the sound of And that. he had asthma, which is also <laughs> really motivating. I'm like, oh my god, he can't breathe <laughs> Finally, some representation Dude, in that's film. so cute. Representation is important. Hashtag representation is important. I, I'm going to do an episode on that. Yeah, um, absolutely. But honestly, like, and I'm I, kind of where I'm coming with this is going to be me taking, like, some of the lore that was put out in the prequels and, like, use the seeds of it, but not how it actually was written, because the way it was actually written out was really, really bad. Yeah. Um, but the whole idea of someone that was, like, the savior they had been looking for right. in this like mythology yet was so talented that they tried to like restrict his talents and kind of be like no you can't do things this way because this is not how they do them mm-hmm. regardless of his abilities um i feel like led into creating what a monster he was later mm-hmm. on um I like i said none of us are necessary i think all of us are here because we're talking about this is because mm-hmm. we've all shaking the shackles that we grew up with of some norms that were like, well, that was bullshit. Yeah. Like, the exact example that I have is that, like, I would get bad grades because I wouldn't do my homework, and yet I'd still get A's on tests, and I'm like, well, when then, like, as a nine-year-old, then I'm like, then why do I need to do my fucking homework? This is stupid and busy work. So it was was kind of one of those things that, like, kind of... Yeah. It fed into that. I'm like, if I can perform well on the test, why do you? Why do I need to show you my work? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's it's become kind of a thing of like being, again, this also sounds really arrogant, but like being too talented for the parameters mm-hmm. of normal life that has been set, like that kind of created Darth Vader in from Anakin Skywalker into Darth Vader, treating mm-hmm. you less like a person and more like a number. A number, or treating you because you're not a number, treating you like a freak. Yeah. Because of it, because I also think that he was an incredibly lonely person. Yeah. Um. Dude, yeah. Yeah, because it's just like he, he just had his mom. He was separated from his mom when he was young because he went to basically like this crazy academy he where built, he didn't fit in. He built a friend. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. He built the most anal retentive friend, by the way. Yeah. You know? like Who he built- paid the most attention to him. Oh, my God. If you met yeah. some of my friends. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be so funny if we met all your friends that, like, that we don't know and they're all like C-3PO types. <laughs> Actually, they're all R2-D2 types. None of them speak. It's all beeps and beeps. Beep, beep, beep. They weirdly have a lot. Li- like, they light things on fire for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> But exactly. the, the the idea of Darth Vader, like, he, he only has his mother, 
And he was, like, yeah. alone with her. Got separated from her to go to school. Didn't fit in at school, either with the kids or with the instructors. Except by this one instructor that had recruited them to school that died before he even got to school. He was, uh, he, he was literally against everything that they were trained to believe was valuable. Yeah. He was too old for the program. He had... He had, had emotional issues. He had knowledge of a life before the Jedi Academy. Right. And it's also someone that has a lot of, like, that's been accused of having really wild emotions. Uh, I don't know if wild emotions, but people... He definitely talk- kills kids. He yes. definitely kills kids. Again, villain. Villain. <laughs> yes. But as someone that's also been, like, accused of, like, you feel things too hard. Right. Um, also was really applicable because, like, I've had friends be like, oh, my God. You should just meditate, and it'll go away. And I'm like, meditating actually just really focuses my fucking anger and like one thing, and makes it kind of like the whole the whole Jedi motivation, which is like I appreciate what the Jedi is trying to do, but Jedi system is very flawed mm-hmm. of like you should let go of all emotions at all yeah even the positive ones i think is very unhealthy i think what we eventually end up learning through the prequels and through the modern movies now is that the jedi were wrong the yeah. jedi were a belief system that worked for some didn't work for others mm-hmm. it's a religion it was a religion that's all it was it was a religious explanation for what they experienced, what they could do, and what they were feeling. Mm. Right. Was it good at helping you focus this, like, really intense, like, uh, magic form that you had? Yes. But did it work for everyone? No. And if it didn't work for you, by the point that Darth Vader comes into the system, it had been so regimented by this point. Yeah. And you, like, he went into the system, and obviously he has very different powers. He broke and the system. And they were so regimented, he broke the system and also drove him straight into the Sith. Yeah. And... Also, the way the Jedi formed, where they're like, "Well, if you're if you're Sithy at all, one fuck you, and also you're dead." I mean, Qui Gon, as it was, Qui Gon was basically the most they would tolerate of anybody who was Sithy. Sithy. Yeah. Qui Gon was. Oh yeah. yeah. In the lore, Qui Gon was um, uh, a, a questioning. Like they were basically whispering behind his back that he was a heretic. Um, sort what? Of thing. Yeah. That's why he basically spat in their face by bringing Anakin to the council to say, "Hey, let's take this uh, lonely boy." Look! Look! His midichlorians are off the charts. He's yeah. obviously extremely talented. Ugh. Like you guys. Like. Um. But like the other thing is like obviously, too. You see the Jedi f- system is so flawed that you, obviously, you have to have a. So rigid. Uh, it's so rigid, and they were just like trying to like. It's so stupid too because there was this whole mythology about the dark and the light. And then the light obviously took over, and that's why there was such an imbalance to the dark. Again, I'm forgetting all the bad writing that went into the prequels. I'm yeah. just thinking about the seeds that were good of it. Yeah. Um, there were some good ones. And it was just like, obviously, they focused too hard on the light, and the dark came back. And even, no matter what you think about the current Star Wars films, you're seeing that imbalance come back into play again. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like, okay, the Emperor died, Darth Vader died. What the fuck happened to the dark side? Now the light side is going to be over over represented, yeah. and now you get the two the two Jedi the two Force users. Now, as I'll put it, you have Ray and you have Ben. You have uh, Kylo, mm-hmm. who are so both incredibly powerfully off the charts because the system has gotten so far out of balance. The Oscillation is swinging crazy hard. Anyways, it's about balance. Holy it's about shit. balance. It's always been about. Um, do you want to talk about great Jedi's? I argue a lot I, about. I, I argue a lot. Everyone's like, "What do you think Darth Vader's so cool? He killed a bunch of kids." I'm like, because he was kind of like, I'm not excusing the killing kids part, but the system that was going right. on here 
like honestly pushed him into the arms of the dark side and made him feel justified in killing all these younglings. Systems that cannot respond to people as they are. Yes. That are... It, it was a cult. It was a religion and it was fundamentally a cult. <clears throat> mm-hmm. They abused that boy and they reaped what they sowed. Yep. They turned him into a monster. They really did. And then they, when he when he finally was able to make a connection with someone, and it happened to be love and children, which was so against the Jedi way, which is also so unnatural for most humans. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, in, that's insane. That eventually also drove him further I mean, just off. look at all the Catholic priests. So that is your villains, and uh, very, very interesting choices, and I'm really happy that uh, you guys came up with some good ones, and you you came up with some ones that uh, I hoped that you would. Thanos, Poison Ivy. I admit, I didn't expect Dan Brown, but I was hoping... (laughs) He's not the villain here. The villain is, of course, Bertrand (laughs) Zobris. You had to look that up. I did. (laughs) Because I didn't want to say the fucking... I didn't want to say the fucker from Inferno. My other favorite villain is Stevie. That was the reaction I suspected. That's the best compliment I've ever received. Hello, folks. Richard Doom here. What you just heard is part one of what has now turned into a two-part episode. Uh, This was my first attempt at trying to plot out the outline of a podcast episode, and I failed rather miserably. So um, I hope you enjoyed. I hope you'll come back for part two, where I introduce Stevie and Jake to a number of villains that I think they'll like and that I personally like. And I'll see you next time, heroes.